Hello there. Welcome to the SPS podcast. In this episode, we are doing a performance origins deep dive with another entrepreneur and content creator. In this episode, I'll be speaking to Alex Mathers. Alex has over 100,000 followers on Twitter and 47,000 followers on Medium. And in this conversation, we discuss his content creation process, why he's a content creator, and we also have a general conversation around performance. Let's jump in to the episode and the opening credits. Welcome to the SPS podcast, the Self-Performance Strategies podcast. Unlocking the secrets to success and unlocking the secrets to self-performance so you can improve mentally, emotionally, and physically. The SPS podcast is brought to you by the Pro Accelerator Program, helping business owners and business leaders save at least 10 working hours a week, improve their focus, and make more money. If that sounds like something you're interested in, check out the show notes and follow the links. But let's now jump in to this episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 34th episode of the SPS podcast of the Self-Performance Strategies podcast. In this episode, we're going to be taking a deep dive with another content creator, entrepreneur, writer, and that is Alex Mathers from Twitter medium and a few books you might have noticed them uh, if you if you know him off him he's got forty-seven thousand followers in medium he's got over 100k thousand followers on twitter he writes some of the most entertaining threads on twitter and he's also written a, a handful of books alex thank you so hey, much hey. for joining me how are you today i'm very well thanks Stephen. it's great to finally connect across the planet here and yes. i'm very excited about this uh, discussion Yes, yes, it's very good. I mean, you're you're in Poland currently. I'm in Vancouver. We've got an Irish yeah. man in Vancouver and an English man in Poland. Yes, it's, it's all very confusing, but it's the way it is. It's, it's the way the world is these days. <laughs> Indeed, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, well, to jump in, um, I always start all my podcasts with the same question for all my guests, and and that's just a, a simple question. What what is your self performance philosophy? What is your success philosophy? It's a big question. To kick things off, um, I would say this is something that's always evolving with me. I don't think I've got a, a clear-cut definition of this that I can sum up in a single sentence that I can put on my wall and remind myself of every day. It's all, always changing, and that's the part of the joy of the, the stuff that I do online. The content that I create is it's a continual process of figuring all of this stuff out and seeing things from different perspectives and, and constantly kind of surprising myself with new takes. But if if I was to drill down... I, I would say a common thread that continually comes up that resonates with me a lot, that has helped me a lot in terms of boosting my own performance is perspective, how, how, how one sees the world and how one sees oneself within the world. So it's a very, it's very mindset based. And obviously um, I see things like health and physical fitness and eating well as being critical components and all this. But for me, the, the kind of the, the ultimate uh, in terms of benefiting and boosting performance for me lies in the world of mindset and how one sees things. So I grew up um, with all kinds of struggles and stresses that like everyone else has around, you know, just struggling through life and, and getting frustrated and all that kind, of, that kind of stuff. And looking back over those periods where I struggled and had lower energy and, and was more depressed and that kind of stuff, it tended to be when I looked out at the world as being 
causing my problem. So I'm looking out and I'm getting kind of a, a sense that yeah. externalities, certain conditions are in place that are making me suffer. And what's really helped me is to flip that script and to see things as um, coming from internal. So changing how I view things from bad stuff happens to me to I create my reality, I create uh, my happiness, I choose happiness, I choose to be energized. And so it's a kind of in in internal looking outward approach to to life, um, which we can go into more depth. But that's that's a kind of brief sum up of how I would view that. I, I love that. I love that that perspective. That's that's been a huge one for me, uh, and I think that's. And I'll dig 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 deeper on this because I, I got that perspective, sort of the idea or the using it in my life through reading Stoicism. Yeah, uh, and stoicism was my gateway drug into personal development, really, um, because I was a little like that in my mid to late twenties when I was struggling. Uh, mm. I felt like the world was against me; like everything was, it was somebody else's fault. It was like the I, I, the outer stuff, and that wasn't really dealing with the internal stuff. So, my second question was going to ask me about your journey, and this feels like a really good segue because I, I, I want to ask where, where or when did that switch happened where you started to see the external uh, as sort of like something you couldn't control uh, and then flip that to the internal where you could actually hey I can actually can control this and this is the yeah. sort of the mindset path that I have to go on when when did that realization kick in for you mm. it's a good question it definitely didn't happen overnight or all, all yeah. in one it was definitely a very slow very gradual process of continually doing stuff kind of testing um, experimenting, going out into the world and having experiences and getting feedback from from that process uh, and, and just getting a sense for what's working, what isn't working. You know, why am I suffering in this particular instance? Why am I doing well in this particular instance? And it's just slowly through a process of maturity, I guess, just sort of figuring things out. And I think the real helpful catalyst in all this was um, over a period of about 10 years, really, in writing and providing content for other people um, with the intention of helping others, I think it was that that helped me the most. It wasn't so much about self-reflection, although that was definitely a part of it. But I, I think through through my work as a coach, particularly because I wanted to have a, a, an impact on the people I was talking to, I wanted them to see results. I was getting, you know, I saw the importance of getting very um, closely tuned in to what works for other people mm-hmm. um, that I've also seen in myself. So I think, yeah, the the coaching stuff that I've done, which tends to be focused on the psychology things and stress and and um mindset struggles and things like that um it's through that that definitely through that process that's um helped me the most i'd say mm, yeah it, it, it yeah i i went through a similar process it, again it wasn't as you said it wasn't a light switch it wasn't a you know one day i woke up and i was like hey i, I understand this concept i, I read this uh, one line by epictetus and, and now i only focus on the uh, <laughs> on the right. internal and what i can control my thoughts yeah. my actions my words so yeah i i, I really get that got i really get that a lot that, that it, is, it is a long a longer journey and gets into the psychology mm. stuff so that's so when it comes into the psychology of stuff, did you really fall down a, a, a rabbit hole? Because I, I went, I've personally in my journey, I went very pragmatically down a sort of like, you know, my, my philosophy is do less dumb shit. And that, that's my self-performance philosophy. And that really came from the sort of like the blunt, stoic kind of re, 
is or the stoic stoicness is that even a word stoicness i think <laughs> of, so yeah of, of, of like how <laughs> i it is, it myself <laughs> yeah, it was it was sort of like the sort of like just do the right thing. And I think Marcus really said that in one of his quotes. And yeah. I find if I go all the way back through all the mental stuff and all the all the stuff that I've psychology wise I've got into, it always seems to come back to being very sort of like blunt. Just do less dumb shit. So mm. with your journey of all the psychology stuff that you got into, you know, wh- where did you go with that? What, what what kind of path did you take? What 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 was the thread that really that you wanted to pull on that that made you dive into that? I would say my intention for reaching more peace more of the time was really the the big thing in all this. You know, I had experienced plenty of anxiety, stress, frustration, anger, everything that a lot of people will go through, especially in their early years, Mm -hmm. that uh, tends to get in the way of doing well in life and having fun in life. And, you know, I, I struggled with all this stuff, you know, lots of anxiety, lots of social anxiety, lots of stuff that just got in the way of just enjoying life and doing better in business. So I was always motivated from a personal point of view to um, experience less of the bad stuff and and want to experience more of the good stuff, which is basically not overthinking stuff, if I was to put it in a nutshell. So for me, um, I was always incentivized through my own personal struggles and the, the stuff that I was seeing in the people writing to me and thanking me and people that I coached it was a kind of a a two-way thing. I was helping myself as well as helping other people. Um, So the process was, it it was kind of effortless really in terms of the, the, where I would fuel my interest for it because I really wanted to improve and I really wanted to help other people through my business. So it was very easy to, to, you know, find a genuine curiosity for, for stoicism books and other books on spirituality and consciousness and anxiety and everything you know i would i would devour that stuff yeah uh, and i still i still find it very interesting i still think it's an endless area to explore probably yes. because i i mean it's probably unnecessary that we need to keep exploring if we already know the answers but it's become more of a hobby I, i'd say yeah um, i know it's interesting well what you said there just at the end there really I relate to that because I, I have this idea that as you level up in life, you also have to keep leveling down. And what I mean about leveling down is you're leveling down to your true self. So this idea that you can go on a meditation retreat and read one self-help book once and you're like, I've fixed everything. It's just, it's, it's not, it's not the way it yes. works. It's like you, you start this, this lifelong journey. It's personal development, this self-development. It's, it's a lifelong journey because the, the the more you grow, the bigger the challenges you take on, which means the bigger the demons you have to overcome uh, inside or, or the bigger the barriers, uh, upper limit issues or whatever that is, the, the, the sort of low deserve levels. And, and I feel like the, I, I'm similar to you. I, I find it all very interesting. Mm. And it's like interest is, is the best is the best teacher. So when you're actually interested in something, it, 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 yeah. it, it removes that barrier from right. learning uh, and i think a lot of people try to learn things especially high leverage skills and in the arenas that we're in on twitter and, and everywhere else in the sort of like the side hustle business or the business growth area there's a lot of people trying to force themselves to learn things that maybe they're not interested in and, and i think that's that's the question mm-hmm. i'll ask you is like is that you know you're prolific at, at writing threads you're you're really you know you've got three or four books out you're, you've got a, a fairly large medium following you know, all of that comes from that interest that you had. So you turned your interest into a business. So this, this, this the question that I'm trying trying to put out is like this this effort to fix yourself ended up becoming a business for you. So do you do you want to 
go through that mm. journey? How, how did that turn in from I'm trying to fix myself into oh I can help other people? What what was what was the turning point that turned a, an interest into an actual successful career for you? Yeah, well I think you described it very well. I think that that's it. The process was you know trying to get over my own personal issues and insecurities. Um, enjoying the process of writing about it initially. So I did a lot of blogging on it and stuff. Um, mm. Actually, initially, my kind of writing journey started off with uh, helping other creatives build their businesses. Um, so I, I wrote a lot on those topics because those were issues yeah. that I was dealing with as well. So it wasn't specifically mindset, but a lot of that came into it. And then that graduated into consulting other creatives to help them grow their businesses. And then that graduated even further into specifying more closely with um, psychology stuff and mindset with a broader audience. So it's been a funny old journey. And yes, absolutely. The, the, the key catalyst in this whole process has been following stuff that I naturally am drawn to, that I'm fascinated in. And that isn't always ideal because if you're looking to niche down and, and um, you know tighten up your business approach and strategy, sometimes if you're following just the pure passion stuff that can lead you astray because, you know, if you've got an interest in stuffed animals, it might not do so much for your, your you know, your business growth, although you could get into that, of course. So I guess it's, take, it's taken a certain amount of awareness. Yeah. To, to find the balance. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. It's, it, it's, it's when you're learning those new skills that may not be within your wheelhouse, it's making sure that you're still focusing on those high value, high reward, uh, and even high dollar skills that you already have. Uh, so you're sort of, on your daily basis, mm. you're fueling both sides of things. I think that yeah. that's an issue for some people that I work with is they they either are too heavy into the things that they like and they're not focusing on the things they need to learn, or they're too heavy into things that they don't like, and you need yeah. to bring some of that right interest and happiness back into in, into your life. So, you know, over the last sort of five or ten years, I mean, you, you've done a bit of traveling. I think mm -hmm. you know you, you've been been around, but. Getting to where you are today, you know, and this is about the self-performance, this podcast. So what, what, what's the biggest struggle you feel like you've, you've overcome or has it been a series of small struggles or, or, or was there one big demon that you were able to defeat or, or what, what was that journey for you? Um, looking back over the last 10 years, I'd say, well, there's a few things that, you know, that have, have presented themselves as challenges, whether it's trying to monetize what I'm trying to create, you know, turning the passion into something uh, marketable that attracts enough money so there have been lots of hurdles faced through that and getting better at sales and yeah um, improving that process has has you know been in response to those challenges so I've um, gotten a lot better at, you know getting getting in front of other people on a call for example and and um, you know creating a deal with them and an agreement that leads to um, you know some some income that benefits uh, obviously me but you know there's there's the other side of it as well um, yeah, that would be a big issue. That'd be a sort of big element for me is just sort of monetizing what I've created yeah. and monetizing my interests. I suppose the other aspect in all this is especially because I'm, I spend a lot of time writing content and creating content and getting myself out there um, is, you know, how do you stay motivated in all this? How do you keep the interest flowing, yeah. the excitement for what you're doing there? And a lot of me being better at that compared to how I might have been a few years ago and gotten lazy and procrastinated more often around the work that I needed to do was getting more intimate with the idea that it's not always wonderful and it's not always easy and becoming better attuned to what my emotions are telling me and saying, and I, 
kind of ironically not taking them too seriously. A lot of people might argue that you need to kind of look deeply at your emotions and try to figure out the meaning of all of it. But uh, I think that that can uh, confuse people. You know, if you find yourself staring at a, a blank piece of paper and you don't feel like writing, that's not an indication that you shouldn't write. It's an indication yeah. that you feel a little bit off and you need to carry on regardless. <laughs> yes, yes. So it's that it's those kinds of moments that I've become better at kind of handling and developing a relationship yeah. with. It's when I've you know gotten out of bed in the morning and thought to myself, yeah, I just I'm not really up for it today. But who cares, man? Because life goes on, the business continues, right? Yeah. So let's dive yeah. dive into it. So borrowing a lot from what you were talking about, the sort of pragmatic approach has been really helpful. Yeah. If I was to be really specific, um, I would say I'm probably not going to come up with anything particularly groundbreaking, but things like, you know, <laughs> to, to me, the consistency thing has been really crucial for me. It's yes. just being willing to put in the reps on something very narrow. Mm -hmm. In my case, in my case, article writing, short form writing as well. Um, and just blasting through it, just, just committing to that thing and committing to doing it every day and having faith in the process. And even if you aren't seeing results initially, knowing that it's that repetition that's developing an incredible muscle that other people are continually being denied because they keep getting bored and keep scurrying off doing other things, yes. you're going to you're, you're gaining such an accumulate accumulated advantage by doing something consistent for a long period. Yeah, well, yeah, so many things you said there that resonates. Two two threads I want to pull on. Uh, First one is like, what, how do you stay? Like maybe it's one thread, but they're, they're connected. How do you stay consistent? You know, if, you, if someone was listening to this right now and, you, and you're prolific, I, I'm going to say that. I mean, I try to keep up with you sometimes with the threads that you pump out, and I'm just, I, you're, <laughs> you're just, you're yeah. very, very good at writing good threads consistently. Uh, so you're, you're welcome. Uh, you know, what, what is the, you know, what is the, 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 the routine, the habit? the mindset, the frameworks, what, what do you have? So someone's listening to this today and they're, they're like, Oh, I, I want to write more threads. Like, like Steve does, or Alex does, you know, what, what would be a tip that you could give somebody who's is maybe a, a content creator or an aspiring content creator, because you, you are prolific. So what, what, what is that strategy mm -hmm. for you to stay consistent? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I've completely got, got the solution. Really? I think a lot of it comes, <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to sort of figure out what's working, what isn't working. But yeah. yeah, you're right. I've definitely found a way to continue writing every day, even if a thread flops, which they very often do, mm -hmm. and to, you know, pick myself up and continue writing. And I think the a key element in in, in this is I mean the commitment, it's it's gotta be there. You've got to be you I have to regularly tell myself that this is what's happening and this is what I'm committed to, at least for the next few months, this is the phase that I'm going through. So it's yeah. it's kind of self you're self coaching a lot, I would say. Um, continually kind of talking to yourself in a sensible way without losing your mind type thing um, and and encourage self-encouragement plays a big role in this as well you know you've got to I think this a lot of a lot of the work that I've done as a coach has really helped me become better at a self-coach as well so I've gotten good at encouraging other people but I'm also getting better at encouraging myself to sit through the, the discomfort and to continue writing and follow that commitment um, so I expect it to be uncomfortable frequently, and that's a key component in why I keep doing it. And I have a, you know, a routine that's you know, makes sure that writing happens earlier on in the day, for example, when I tend to write 
with a, an, an awake-ish mind. Um, and there are ups and downs through, through the whole process. You know, it's, it's not, it might not be what it looks like on, from the outside all the time. You know, there's a thread that comes through, but sometimes it might be a recycled one. It might be that I wasn't feeling it that particular day and I've taken an old thread that didn't do very well and I've changed the hook. And so there's, there's other stuff involved that makes it look like I'm a, a well-oiled machine. But of course, you know, there are, there are moments where there are lulls. Um, but in all of that, as long as you keep being willing to put stuff out, I think is key too. Like it's not always going to be the best material, but I'm willing to experiment and test and put out less good stuff because it informs me what's what to do more of or less of, you know? So I'm, so I think that's another thing is being willing to, to put out stuff that isn't particularly fantastic, but still keeping that machine going. Um, and then, uh, you know, ultimately having faith that this process is going to bear fruit, um, which it is, it just, that's the consistency element. And, um, there's, there's also the other aspect in this, which is, you know, if things don't work out, you're always able to, to tweak and update as you go based on the feedback you get. And uh, with that, for me, that's like enough to go with. Like I've got the self-coaching, sort of self-encouragement, commitment, routine, and then the faith in the process. Yeah. All of that combines to keep the thing moving. Yeah. You've just literally listed a eight point thread. <laughs> I have. I can't help it sometimes. It just it just comes out. It comes out like, yeah. so in, thread, the, the, in thread form. Just, just, <laughs> just, just, just to give, yeah, just to give you the. Uh, I was actually writing it as a points to the thread as you were saying. So the first one was that I love the first yeah. point was the the phase is to commit to six months. So this is going to be three months. This is who I am for the next three or four months. Like for me in my yeah, yeah. in my career currently, I'm doing ship 30, 30 in in, in January. Nice. Um, because I, I've decided that digital writing is not my number one focus. So for the next month, I've bought a couple of books and I'm, I'm doing other courses in digital writing because I really feel like I've, even though I'm pretty good and I've got a good following, that's, so when you say that, this is my phase, I've, I, I was like, yes, that is a massive one because I'm now saying to myself for the next quarter, my next phase is, is going deeper on the skill of digital writing. So I've committed to three months or a quarter and I, mm -hmm. I love that idea because it, that, that is so key. Anybody listening to this, if you're if you're not actually giving yourself a time frame of how long you're going to commit to writing on Twitter, writing on Medium, writing on LinkedIn, whatever it is, you, you if you don't see results within two weeks, you give up. But if you say to yourself, it's going to take six months, and I've heard some people say, expect it to take 10 years, but mm. it's not going to take 10 years. But if you say, I won't see results for 10 years, when you get results after six months, you, you just feel better about it. But the second exactly. one you, you mentioned there was the self-encouragement, which I think is huge. And then mm -hmm. the, the uh, you know, expect to be uncomfortable. That, that's one that I think is huge as well, because I, I think that a lot of times people forget that, that when you're putting content out there in the world, when you're putting your ego, when you're putting your emotions out into the world and you don't get those results, that can be very uncomfortable for you to deal yeah. with that. Um, so I, I, and I think that's something that I probably didn't expect when I first started putting content out. You know why does this feel uncomfortable? It's because it's meant to be. It's meant to feel uncomfortable. So yeah, um, I love that. And then um, you're writing early in the day. I'm 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 huge in that. Was your fourth point? Um, expect the ups and downs was the fifth point. Uh, the sixth point was keep keeping putting stuff. Out, keep putting stuff out. Uh, the seventh point, which was huge, is faith. I think that's you mm. know it's going to happen. Love it. Mm. Um, and then the, the eighth was the was the tweaking. Uh, you know, yeah. tweak and repeat. 
so yeah, I, 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 that's a framework right there that, that if anybody listening to this is, I, I'm getting, I mean, I, there's so many of this, this in here. I'm like, yes, this is so, nice. so, so good. So, uh, the faith is a huge one. And I think for me, the, th- the three key ones I'll pull out is, you know, the setting the phase, um, expecting it to be uncomfortable and then also having faith that it's going to work out. I think those are the three that I would pull out of that, but that was, a, that was a very Perfect. good breakdown, Alex. Well done. Thank you. Expect a thread on that coming out soon. <laughs> yes, yes, from yourself. <laughs> from me, yeah. I haven't, I haven't written the, that the one yet. Things I learned from Alex. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one. On, on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't written that thread, so it's coming. But that, that also speaks to a really important point as well, which is that you know I'm kind of thinking in terms of threads a lot. So like that, without effort, came out kind of like a thread. So yeah, that that also t- speaks to the the idea of you know if you do something, you know if you put in the reps on something and you keep doing things over and over again, you start to your brain starts to kind of adapt to that way of doing things and it starts to make things easier for you because it it knows that this is the routine you're falling into this is the the wiring you've chosen to follow yeah. and i find that when when you go into that you know relentless so to speak consistent flow you end up getting all kinds of rewards that your brain gives you to to match up to that um commitment so if you've got a really a solid commitment and you're reflect if you you're, you're taking action to reflect that commitment then you're going to start getting all these insights and stuff that make this whole process a lot easier. So that's been really helpful too, is over the last year, writing pretty much a thread every day has made thread ideas come quicker rather than slower. Because, you know, a lot of people might think, how do you keep coming up with ideas? Surely you've run out of ideas by now, but they, they come twice as fast because you're in the process. Yes. I think that the biggest thread idea that I stumbled across was the process that you just discussed you literally ask yourself a question and then don't write like you're trying to write a story just write out all the points of the things that come to mind and then you end up with like eight or nine points and then each of those points becomes like the the um the 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 framing of each tweet yeah for for and that's a high too like an eight point sort of tweet now you're writing more of a story thread obviously you've got to do a bit differently but Mm -hmm. i stumbled across that technique uh maybe a year or two ago of just like, well, if I'm talking about time management, what 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 do I know about time management? What are the eight points that I know about time management? So I would just like write out the 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 eight key ideas yeah. that, that I would do, and then I would then that would give me the skeleton to a thread. Exactly. Um, That's been my process pretty much for every ninety nine percent of threads has been. Uh, let's think of the topic or a question or a problem, something mm-hmm. that people are struggling with, something that I've struggled with, and then we can ask a question. What's the you know what are the five things that fall within this this framework and you could you could list out 20 things and then yes. dig out the best the best ones from the list too so it's you're really working as a you know closely with your the power of your own brain to 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 come up with the best solutions to a question well i i love the the, the quote those who teach learn twice and one of the, the things that's really impacted me about my threads, and, and people talk about this with journaling, but I think in, in putting out content in itself, and I'll ask this as a question, you know, have you found that that has been a, a very valuable way to actually instill your knowledge is the fact that you dump it out on a piece of paper, you organize it into a thread, and then you post it, and then all of a sudden you have this like bank of knowledge that, you, that you've created. So how, how have you found thread writing and help uh, developing your, your skill set, your knowledge, your, your, your wisdom. Yeah. I mean, it's been absolutely critical in certainly tightening up my knowledge on specific areas and, and also given the, 
the context of Twitter and the way you the way threads are written and the way you need to really be succinct with with your writing. Yeah that really forces you to cut out the the stuff that's irrelevant even stuff that's relevant that you really want to include you have to cut out if you're going to write a, a succinct thread i haven't always been you know i'm sometimes guilty of writing very long threads but um the process of writing them and certainly tweets as well has been really good in making me think about what to prioritize that i want to tell people that matters within this subject matter mm -hmm. so yeah i can't you know, you, it's it's very difficult not to have learned very rapidly through this process. So, so writing online writing, especially on Twitter, a lot of people make fun of Twitter because it, it can be kind of like writing superficial crap yeah, half the time. Water. But a lot of a lot of it really forces you to to narrow down and think about what's what matters the most. I think that's key in learning is like figuring out what the priorities are so that people can really um, benefit from the juice you're squeezing out from the from the fruit yeah um yeah so yeah. it's absolutely yeah. been helpful yeah yeah that's the one thing about the the twitter i find as well it's, it's the cure the way you you put things out has to almost be in a certain format for people to actually uh, like it and for it to go viral and i know this is a slightly different conversation but i i find that when i've gone against the sort of like the the twitter rules and just sort of like done like a story thread never does that well but when you actually start doing the structure points yeah. to a thread they always seem to do very very well so it's like you not only do you have to compete compete with how you're structuring things and your ideas you also have to then framework that into how the people on twitter like to mm. consume which is yeah a, which is a second barrier yeah so there's definitely there's, it's never a case of do this and, and not do this there's always some kind of a hybrid thing going on or certainly yeah. an awareness of, of a few things going on and you're gonna you're gonna have to get creative in how you combine the two things so how do you combine your own interests and the stuff you want to teach but at the same time yeah fit it within the framework of what works and and how twitter allows you to structure writing all of it plays a role so you can't think that you can only focus on the one thing that's yeah. definitely for sure so but another thing that's been really helpful with writing a lot is you start to get more of an intuitive sense for what works as well yes. based on feedback and that's been really helpful too it's like having written so many threads now you there's a lot less thinking involved in the process of knowing what's more likely to do well things still fall flat and i still see it as an experimental process but I, but i'm getting more of a sense of before publishing you can read a thread and say yeah this one is probably more likely to do well because because you know from experience that certain topics and certain pain points yeah tend to do well but still at the end of the day you you don't know nobody really knows because yeah. twitter itself it's is funny, evolving I, I, too i've had threads that i've spent days on absolutely tank and then i've had threads yeah. that i've pulled out of my butt <laughs> last minute in the morning just banging yeah. out and they've just like rolled uh, yeah and i've always found that very interesting that, that it seems to be the more that i think about it the less that it does well yeah <laughs> but then right but that's it isn't it that so absolutely crucial to a good thread is is a thread that you have written which you've enjoyed and has been kind of it's kind of come out of you in, in the form of a flow as opposed mm -hmm. to you feeling too pressured to, to write it well yes so there's no doubt that when your mind is freer and your performance is higher as a result your threat your writing is going to resonate better yeah you just have to find a way to bring that into um the context of what people like in Twitter as well. Yeah. It's like, that's the balance, isn't it? 
It's an art um, and a science. And, and if you think about that, the latter too much, then you're going to end up writing something that's going to be really dull because you're overthinking. You're, you're too much in the formula side of things. Whereas what you really want is you want to be straddling formula and free flow, enjoyable writing. Yes, and there are, there are I, I definitely feel like you're good at that. I've read some of your threads and been like, I, I like the, the your personality comes out through them because you, you're just not doing a formulaic uh, one, two, mm. three, four, five, six. You usually have a, a one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever that is. But then you have a, the way that you write within that structure. Uh, you have yeah. a sort of like a, a a blunt comedy, I think, comes through. Yeah, uh, it can be pretty, pretty <laughs> aggressive sometimes as well. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah it's good it's good stuff man it's good yeah. stuff so uh, you know shifting gears a little bit here you know you're obviously doing very well in a number of different platforms but you know if i could hand you a realistic but magic wand where do you want to take your brand your business your coaching your ideas where do you want to take that over the next 12 to 18 months you know what is the future for alex what, what does that look like for me i've struggled with this a lot because i don't think I could ever be satisfied with spending my time focused on any one thing forever. Mm -hmm. I, I, I need, because when I, what I, I always tell myself, I love writing so much and I, I tend to get so much good, good feedback about my writing. So I have inevitably jumped to the idea that I should just be a writer and focus 100% yeah. on writing. But then I realized that if I was to spend all my time writing, I tend to feel slightly detached from reality and humanity. And I always find that I need to temper that a little bit with, um, you know, meeting people and having face to face yeah. calls and leading people and coaching. So I've always found that if I can find that right medium medium between doing the teaching and getting in front of a few people every week, which I do, and, and bringing in the writing as well, if I can create a career that is growing with me, that reflects both sides in that, in those areas, then I'm then I'm doing well. And that's what I'm looking for. So uh, I'm on the right track there. So that's exactly what's happening. So I'm doing plenty of writing, but I'm also coaching a lot and uh, talking to a lot of people. So the way it's going is great. What I'd really like the most is to just see continual growth and to be able to touch more and more people with the stuff that I've come up with. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, you know, one one of the sort of tangible manifestations of that would be to see my newsletter continue to grow really big. So I've got a newsletter that I'm putting everything into. And yeah. I can I see that if I can build that to hundreds of thousands, that could be a really great asset to have. I mean, it is already um, and a retirement plan. So that that would be for me a pretty good indication that things are going well. I guess having a big growing newsletter that's yeah. matched that allows me to continue writing, but also to continue coaching. I love that. that that's really good. So you, it, it's like you've, you've already focused in on the one domino that is going to be the sort of like the, the knock on effect. And I've mm. noticed this of other creators who I speak to is it's like there usually is a a core primary focus with something they're doing like with AOP it's the it's community and then it's just cohorts and that from uh, you know with uh, Save Your Sons it's it's uh, who I've had on the podcast as well it's it's his his message about helping improve fathers you know and mm. and that's his his sort of like core idea through, through that stuff and then you're talking about the sort of newsletter idea and i think there's other creators out there that very much focus on a newsletter first and i i, I do that as well my newsletter's not that big but that is actually my mm. spoke that's where i focus on each week is i write the newsletter and then from the newsletter threads and tweets come out of that so it's my mm -hmm. primary focus um for my content creation process yeah, uh, but I really like that because I the 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 newsletter is a it, there's such a 
so many ways, so many things you can do with with a very well executed newsletter. So I, I really like that. So if why is that? What would be the best part of that for you? If your newsletter was doing well, what would be the sort of the the, the end result from that? I mean, the, the newsletter is kind of like the means goal. What what's the end goal uh, that you're looking for with, with your whole sort of journey? Yeah, it's a it's a funny one, and I'm, I think about this a lot because it's. Um it's kind of like a loop that's forming that I'm seeing is, you know, the, the, the bigger, the bigger a newsletter I grow, the more leverage I suppose I create in my life to give me more time to do yeah. the very things that, to do the very things that I'm doing to build, to build the newsletter, which is to be able to write more and do some coaching as well. So it's a bit of a, it's kind of silly really looking at it, but it's also <laughs> what energizes me as well is just, um, I think it, what, what, what a big newsletter and what a big following also affords over time as it's growing is more opportunities. You know, yeah. if I was to change, if I wanted to do spend a bit more time, I don't know, uh, hiking through a jungle in Brazil, I could do that. Whereas now yeah. it's perhaps slightly more confined in terms of the amount of time I have to spend on that. So I guess that's the exciting aspect in that is that I, it would give me more opportunity to do, to do other things and to perhaps travel more and that kind of stuff too um and venture into the world of fiction writing as well which is also a fun idea for me ah, cool. um painting as well sort of getting into more creative stuff so but but, but in all this it's i'm still i'm still keen on the idea of continuing coaching and continuing teaching and continuing writing i'd be happy to do that until my dying days so yes works for me yeah, yeah. I, so that's my, one of my life philosophies is uh, study practice teach yeah, and that, that that's a loop that I feel like I'm going to be on for the rest of my life. I, I picked that up from the Stoics, um, but this mm. idea that I study something, I practice it, and then I share what I'm doing. And it, it's it's I I even started a YouTube channel around that idea uh, back in 2016-17. Um, yeah. yeah, I used to I used to call myself struggling to succeed because my whole mm-hmm. idea was that I was struggling to succeed but then once you get on to twitter and other platforms you don't want to really use the word struggle <laughs> as a way to <laughs> yeah, sell yourself I know what you mean. yeah 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 um so success but, theory is the new one or well, is the, have, you, have you replaced that already no you've yeah, already yeah moved no, i've on. just gone to Steve, Stephen timoney so yeah <laughs> success yeah, theory right. was my upgrade from struggling to succeed yes um yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah no i just went i just uh, i think it was early yeah july this year i i i, rem- I just went full into my name started a website under, under my own name it's just uh, it made sense because I'm, I'm I I don't ha- I've never hid who I was I was just using a uh, mm-hmm. I think somewhere I read early on in my Twitter journey going off the track here that uh, anonymous anonymous accounts grow faster than yeah. named accounts <laughs> so you know you read that you've never used Twitter before you so see you got an account and you're like okay I'm going to come up with a, a an anonymous name and then mm-hmm. um yeah, so it was. Uh, it yeah, I know was, what you mean. It's it's easy if you if you're just starting out to 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 look to what are, what other people are doing and what's, what seems to be working with others, and I guess it's just part of the the process of as you find your way, you can start throwing off bits and pieces that you might not have needed before. Um, yeah. But who knows? Who know, I mean, it's probably there's probably some truth to the fact that anonymous accounts do grow quicker. But then, what are you sacrificing on the other side of that? Your kind of personal brand is being covered over, right? So there's there's yeah. that that you're lacking. Yeah, I think, and I, you know, the personal brand is. I think it's a huge thing, and one of the reasons why I started the whole 
YouTube channel, uh, which I don't really do much anymore. I want to get back into that. To be fair, it's actually one of my sort of like goals once I get my business really working well because I want to hire some who's to help me with the editing because it's, it's such a time suck. And mm. the 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 this idea about your digital resume, you know, if we talk about Tesla's got like X amount of million followers, but Elon Musk has got hundreds of millions of followers. Do you know what I mean? So like Tesla's yeah. the company, Elon Musk is the brand, and it the personal brand. Sorry. And I, years ago, I went for jobs in 2016, 2016, 2017, I actually was applying for jobs and I was trying to get into the sort of the tech space, startup space in Vancouver, because Hootsuite are here, this company called Bench, a bunch of other uh, sort of like San Francisco X or whatever tech places have moved up to Vancouver. And I was like, at the time I was working in sales and I was trying to move into a change in my career. I was trying to do these different things. And I applied to all these jobs that were kind of in the tech space a whole bunch uh, up here or in the sort of like a social media space, you could say. Mm. And every single one of them was like, what's your digital resume? What do you, where's your LinkedIn? Where's your Instagram? Where's your whatever? I literally didn't have Twitter, didn't have Instagram. I had Instagram, but it was like photographs of me at a barbecue eating a burger on a beach with some <laughs> friends. You know what I mean? It wasn't like mm. I was using it. Uh, and then it, 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 something inserted into my head back in 2016, 17. I need to have a personal brand. I need to have a LinkedIn that is me. I need to have a Twitter. I need to have a, I need to have something that shows people that I've got content in the world. These are my ideas. This is me as a person. Mm-hmm. And that was a real motivator for me to start putting out content because I thought career wise to get those big jobs, you know, those big, you know, six figures with a two or three in front of them corporately. I would, it would be much easier for me to get into those roles by having a strong personal brand. And that was a real drive for me. So was, and I, cause I, my mind was still corporate at that point. Now I, I switched yeah. to being a coach 18 months ago. So it wasn't really until the pandemic kicked in and I decided I wanted to become an entrepreneur. Like I always thought I was going to mm-hmm. become a business owner at some point, but yeah. drove it in. So getting back to talking about you, what, what was the reason behind, like, you, you've been a digital writer for so long. I mean, I, I you can tell me, when was the last time you actually had a job? You can explain that to me. But what was that mm. journey? You know, what was that drive? What what made you put content out? What what was the what was the the driving factor to to wanting to be a entrepreneur, freelancer? What what was behind that? Because a lot of people are on that journey. A lot of people are in that corporate world. For me, it was I need to create a digital brand because if I if I don't have this. I, I will not be, I will not stand out in the noise. That was my main yeah. driver initially back in 2016. So for you, when was the last time you worked? And then what was the driver to um, to being a, a content creator? Hmm. Well, I think we're, we're going through an interesting time where we've got all kinds of external pressures and the pandemic and that kind of stuff that's woken yes. a lot of people up, woken a lot of people up to the need to get themselves online and to kind of face the reality really for a lot of people who want to do certain things that they got to get their faces out there. They got to get their ideas out there. They got to get their content out there to be seen and to also attach a certain amount of credibility to their name as well, especially if they want to wean themselves off the, you know, uh, corporate ladder, if they're trying to get away from there, or if they are starting to see things in a slightly different way and they want to have a, a new way of making money. Um, so a lot of people are starting to make interesting changes, including you um in that in that way which is which is interesting for me for me i've always kind of had that drive to not be employed in a, mm-hmm. in a sort of normal context yeah. <laughs> since uh since early 20s really okay um every time i've managed to get myself sort of 
um, formal traditional work working for companies it's never been a particularly exciting experience for me i've always felt <laughs> stifled and i feel i've always felt kind of creatively stunted and that yes never never really gelled with it so i've, I've always uh, probably subconsciously told myself this is not happening i'm never i'm not going to be um reporting to a to a boss i would yes. rather i'd rather have things go the way that i want them to it's not i don't think it's come, something that comes out of arrogance i think it's more a case of i just can't feel I can't perform well if I don't have a sense that I can choose my own route and to make yeah. necessary updates through my own interpretation of things. So it's always been very, very obvious to me that I've needed to not work in a in a kind of corporate situation from pretty mm-hmm. early on. I, I think the last job I had was age 24. So it's a good 14 years ago now. Okay. So as soon as I had the, op- the opportunity to break away and, you know, run things myself, which came in the form of creating designs and illustrations for various clients, um, which initially started out just me sharing stuff online and being seen back in 2006 or so. I was getting some interest from potential clients in that world. I realized that I could do this and I'm just going to take the leap. And I I took the leap pretty early on. So, yeah, it's just always been kind of part of my fabric, I'd say, really. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you, you, I, I like your, you. Most of your uh, medium posts have your illustrations on them, which is kind of which yeah. kind of stands you out from the awful stock photographs that get used <laughs> yeah. on on medium. I think uh, medium is yeah. the place where stock photographs go to die. It's just but I don't blame people, but you know they they put a lot of time into the writing, and then you know the 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 main image needs to be there, so they've got to find it somewhere. Yeah, no, I no, I get that. I get that. I get that. I've <laughs> I've I've, uh, I've tried to do something different. I've not. I've posted a few times on Medium. I've not made it a habit, but I've, I tried to differentiate myself by going with a black and white kind of style cool. uh, yeah, thing, good. just to stand out. Because I, I was like mm-hmm. stock photographs, just like it's just it's 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 tough. But yeah, so it's it's been part of yeah. your journey. Uh, it's been part of your journey, and the illustration was. I didn't actually know that's how you got started as an entrepreneur. It was it was illustrations. It's, yeah. it's, it's really interesting because it seems like it's that's now a, a a side part of what you do. It's a very interesting part because even when I first came across you on Twitter a couple of years ago when we first started sort of chatting, you were still posting more illustrations on Twitter. I think you were doing the little yeah. cool sort of threads of illustrations. So is, is that still a part yeah. of your business, your your portfolio of your business, or or is it just something that's now sort of a side thing? It's a good point. Yep, I definitely do a lot less illustration than I did. It's been something that I've been gradually kind of doing less of, although my, my interest in it's still there. Um, I spent a good 10 years working for other companies, creating illustrations for them and found that I was kind of hitting my head against the wall a little bit in terms of, um, the kind of work that I was being asked Mm -hmm. to do. It tended to be very similar stuff, but companies would come to me and say, can you do this in the same old style, the same process? And it was just, it kind of got really boring and stifling after a while. So that that prompted me to to look around a bit more in terms of working with other people face to face and doing more coaching and writing was always a common thread but it's increased more recently because i've seen the 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 impact that writing has had so it's just a case of yeah there are a few plates kind of being spun and right now the the illustration plate is is kind of taking a bit of a back seat and is a has diminished somewhat but i still love it still love doing it yeah, no, I, 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 I remember you were doing, uh, well, I think you had a thread that did well. Was it where you were having like, you were drawing like different, I don't want to call them platitudes, but they were like, 
threads yeah, of like, like illustrations it. of like common sort of like mindset things and i always find those very yeah. interesting um i know there's a couple yeah of if, I, if i had more time i'd love to do more of those they, they don't tend yeah. to do as well as just a, a straight imageless thread and, yes. and so a lot a lot of the time i'm guided by what works and if i yeah and it takes you know three three more hours to do the illustration ones versus the written ones so yeah. it doesn't make doesn't make a, a ton of you know sense. energy yeah. sense but i would love to do more of that yeah. yeah no it's good man you should do it you should do it. i mean it's it's um it's useful i've seen people have threads and stuff blow up with that but sometimes it's yeah. just you can tell it's digital like they're not it's not it's when they take other people's pictures and stuff and yeah, yeah it's, i know well, that's true that's a good point because they you can there was a phase certainly like earlier in the year where image threads were just taking off yeah and it got me thinking again i think with in my case i would have to i think it would mean draining a little bit of my expression out of the posts potentially because um i think the reason is a lot of these image threads did so well is because they were very specifically well maybe maybe i'm just sort of babbling a little bit at the moment now I, <laughs> it could it could require a bit of it more experimentation exploration yeah, yeah i'll have a look it's 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 it's, it's fun <laughs> stuff and you've, you've definitely got uh, an eye for it so because I, I always see Here's... when i pop on medium i always see your um your posts stand out because I see the drawing. Yeah, um, that's good. That's good so to it, know. it does, yeah. you know, for when I'm scanning through Medium, uh, obviously I follow you as well. So you're on my on my timeline there, but it definitely mm. definitely stands out. So it's it's, it's something cool. unique to you. So I, I think that's really cool. But hey, we, we've right. been talking for about 15 minutes, so we'll, we'll we'll go into a couple of quick fire questions here to to wrap up because uh, okay. as we go in here. So I, I always ask these sort of like two or three questions at the end here. Uh, what do you think is currently slowing you down or standing in the way of you getting to your next success? Uh, what, too, what many you, too, too many Just decisions. Just too many, too, lo lots of options and um, worrying that if I choose this thing that I'm making the wrong decision. It's just decision making. Yeah. Fatigue sometimes. This is decision fatigue. Too many open loops, too many opportunities. Too many opportunities, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what, 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 what are you doing? Uh, I'm gonna pull that a little bit. What, what would be your process for now narrowing? Now I can't even. I can't believe I just sort of tried to try to say that word and it came out wrong. What are you <laughs> narrowing? <laughs> yeah. To narrow your focus. Yeah. Uh, what, 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 do you, what do you normally do to try to do that? Uh, that's usually. I normally go for a walk because I find that when I get stressed around decision-making, it's always a reflection of me trying to do too much in my head and mm. I'm I'm not in my body anymore. I'm in my thinking too yes. much. And, and when I feel stressed from decision fatigue, then I know, Alex, time for a walk, head out, go for a, a long walk. And I tend to, not always, but I tend to have the solution that appears to me like a gold star <laughs> as I'm walking. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I love the walks. The walks are a big part of my day. Um... I've seen, yeah yeah with the hound the hound yes the <laughs> hound adventures with my greyhound yes who's awesome yeah somewhere near me oh, oh, fantastic yeah. he's hello hound he's below me um in a very nice see, environment as well by the looks of it yes vancouver is is, is is very spectacular and, and it, it, it is beautiful to go out for walks but i i the walking is for me it's like you know if i get to ask everybody in the world to do one habit i would go for at least a 30 minute walk a day yeah. on your own no phone if that's yeah. one habit everybody did in the world i think the world would be a better place i agree uh it's so key so 
going on to another question here, just sort of like my last couple of quick fire questions, or not quite quick fire, but like, no, sure. there's no no real thread between them. They're just random questions I'd like to ask. Gotcha. What What is a contrarian view that you have on personal development, self performance, even Twitter? What's a contrarian view? You know, where do you push back against the the norm? You know, mm -hmm. everybody is saying do it this way. You're like, mm, no, this is the way you do it. So, what, what what's a big contrarian view for you? Um, in your life. This is a tricky one because I tend to get a lot of pushback on it on Twitter, but it's it's tends to revolve around the idea of healing and mm -hmm. um, healing over past traumatic events. And I I tend to take the more I don't know if you've come across Adler Alfred Adler's approach, which is that I mean he he goes full on and says that trauma doesn't exist and it's a case of um, how you feel now and the decisions you make are a reflection of the goals you have as opposed to the things that were um that you could blame in your past as, as creating that i'm not denying the uh, the fact that traumatic events exist but i think a lot of people slow themselves down and make things very difficult for themselves by kind of adopting the mindset that they have this thing that they've acquired through a difficult experience that is now holding them back i don't yes. i think it's very um stunting to to get too wrapped up in the idea that your past is going to dictate how you perform today i think that can slow a lot of people down and i think this this trauma stuff and this healing stuff although there's probably a fair amount of legit legitimacy in it i think it can be quite stifling for a lot of people and it's um something i'm seeing a lot more of that i think is is making things harder than easier for a lot of people i would tend to agree with you on that uh while i think you know uh, i'm a big believer in something like dr gabor mate once said is like don't show me the addiction show me the pain because uh, addiction is a response to pain. So we always, obviously we, some of us have trauma, small T, big T trauma to go back and fix. Yep. But there's one thing, the flip side to that, where I really agree with you on is the future self. If you don't have that bigger, better version, that, that 10X version of you, that, 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 that person that you want to become, mm. you'll always let that trauma dictate how you act today because you're taking your your experiences from your past and then you're re, re, uh, making that your identity and then yeah acting like that in the now where what you should be doing is creating a future identity of the person who you want to become and then trying to act mm -hmm. like that person today yeah. uh, and i think m in my experience i would say 90 percent of the business owners who i actually help one-on-one -on -one, if not higher than that don't actually have a future version of themselves specifically um, defined. So they actually struggle with that. They, they, they tend to pick lesser goals and repeat the mistakes of the past again, because they actually yeah. haven't got that future version right. of themselves made out. So I, I, and I will, I, I kind of tend to agree with you as well a little bit. I do feel like there are some people and I, and I might get, I get roasted for this. Maybe if I said this on Twitter, but I think some people do make trauma their identity. Yeah. Um, I went through this. This is who I am. Because I went through struggle. I was a party guy. And, and I made that kind of... Mm -hmm. I wrote about this actually in a newsletter a couple of weeks ago where I fell in love with the struggle so much so I had a YouTube channel called Struggling to Succeed. The struggle became yep. my identity. The the, the struggle mm -hmm. to get over my anger or my pain, whatever that was, became my identity. And now it's not because I'm like, that's just pointless because what I'm doing yeah. is I'm, I'm expecting things to repeat the same in the past. So yeah yeah so i just went off on a thought stream there Apologies. that's that's key though because I, I think the key word there is identity i think that when we're talking about personal growth and getting what you want in life you need to have your identity linking up with the, the actions you take and if your if your identity is rooted to a kind of um less than ideal version of you that, that appeared in the past you're not going to be able to match up the necessary actions you want to you need to take in order to live a good mm -hmm. life today because you're 
identity identity ultimately is guiding your action and your action in turn is guiding the identity too it's like the, another feedback loop so if you're trapped in this sort of past idea that part i guess an idea that erupted in the past that holds you back that's going to be a, a problem <laughs> um yeah you can get past because it's just a psychological thing a lot of yeah. people um are not able to see past that which is a shame sometimes because because it's you're very close to be able to make big changes in your life by understanding how identity works and understanding how much of a hold an unhelpful identity can have on you yes i i yeah so much of that i agree with that that you know how we speak to ourselves or how we explain who we are to ourselves it, it creates the reality of what our life what our life Life, yeah. life is, you know, so it's this idea. I mean, you've probably heard of it, be, do, have. So you yeah. be who you want to be. Uh, you do what you think you should be doing to have what you want. Yeah, so exactly. if, if your be is, I, I'm a struggle victim, you're going to create that life for you. You, you, you then create mm. that environment. But if your be yeah. is to be a peaceful, happy, successful, insert job, entrepreneur, leader, whatever that is, you're more likely then to uh do those actions and then have the life that you want uh, and exactly. I, I i would agree that some people push back on that because people can be like well i, I just can't be a successful entrepreneur yeah you can hmm. just just say it it will happen <laughs> not exactly like that but self-opening prophecy yeah 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 but it is key the identity thing is really interesting to me and it's something that i'm continuing to explore talking about and i think i think there's something about the identity thing that lies, I think, at the heart of a lot of yeah. self-development stuff and how to really achieve what you want to achieve is just... Uh, Have you read yeah. Benjamin Hardy's new book, Dr. Benjamin Hardy's new book, Be Your Future Self Now? I haven't, no, super but I know short, his work. Yeah. Super short. It's about, it's about a four-hour listen or two-hour if you want to listen on two-speed on Audible. Okay. Uh, and it's one of those books that talks about the future version of yourself, the 10x version of yourself, and how yeah. to create that. I find it super helpful. Um, because he has another book called Personality is Impermanent, which is kind of like reframing your past. And then this future self one is like the future version of that. It's like the future. So the two books work very well together in, in a sense. Yeah. Um, but I, I really like his um, his 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 content, his articles yeah. and stuff uh, are usually pretty good. Yeah. I think he he's still, he was was one of the biggest producers on Medium. I don't think he is anymore, but I don't think he posts there, but I think he's definitely he's up there. Yeah, I'm not sure he posts as much, but he was uh, the number one guy for a long time. Just yeah. uh, writing, writing frequently, but also incredible articles with a lot of depth. So he's yeah. great. Very good stuff. And the last question I'll ask before we wrap up here: If you could get everyone in the world to wear a T-shirt, a printed T-shirt, for one day, what would that T-shirt say? Choose happy. Choose happy, love it, love it. Yes, so we'll get those printed out and sent out, sent out to seven billion people today for you. Nice, that's I brilliant, look man. To it. That's brilliant, Alex. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. It's been a great conversation. I really enjoyed. Uh, first of all, I enjoyed actually putting a, 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 a face to the name. I know we've talked yeah. we've talked on voice memo a few times on Telegram and stuff, but it, it's great to uh, get that uh, face meeting done. So it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And before we go. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, what offers you have, and and just it, it, tell tell cool. everybody. Everything nice. Well, first of all, thank you, Stephen, for an excellent discussion. Really enjoyed that. You asked some fantastic questions. Good, cool. Really got me thinking. Really appreciate that. Um, 
And in terms of finding me online, I think uh, one of the best places would be Twitter. So Alex Mathers 84 is my handle on Twitter. You'll get a lot of stuff coming through on the daily there, including my crazy threads. Um, another place that you can also connect with me on is my website. So Alex Mathers, M-A-T-H-E-R-S dot net. And you'll find a way to contact me and learn more about the other stuff that I'm working on there as well. Uh, I'd say that's about it. Awesome. I will put all that in the show notes below for anybody to check out. Alex, it's been a absolute pleasure. Any last words? Anything I didn't ask you? Anything you want to mention before we go? I think we can wrap it up there. I think I've said everything I, I was happy to say. So very happy awesome. with that. I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much for joining me. Make it a good one. That was the 34th episode of the SPS podcast. Thanks very much for listening all the way through to this part of the episode. I really do appreciate it. If you want to reach out to me, you can hit me up on my socials at Stephen Timoney. It's at S-T-E-V-E-T-I-M-O-N-E-Y. You can slide on over to my website as well. at stephentimoney.com. S-T-E-P-H-E-N-T-I-M-O-N-E-Y.com. And obviously, all of Alex's links that he discussed are in the show notes below. So if you want to reach out to him, please do. And hopefully we will speak to you in the next episode of the SPS podcast. Thanks very much and make it a good one.